0: Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Stroshine, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients, but I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left, and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go Do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you. But I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway.
1: Welcome back to Normal 40, the podcast. I'm your co-pilot. My name is Adam Eaton. And as always, I am joined by the lead pilot, the founder of Normal 40, and a dude that you absolutely need to know, Mr. Lon Stroshine. Lon, how are you doing today, my friend? Man, I am so good.
0: Adam, how are you doing, man?
1: I am doing fantastic. It's a uh, you and I were talking pre-show. Uh, we've got very different weather in our parts of the country. I've got sun. You've got snow. But uh, either way, that'll come together to make one beautiful podcast today, with Lon. Because we have a a really really fun topic. Absolutely, man. I am I am ready for it, dude. I am I'm on. I'm on. Well, let's. Here's what's gonna happen. Things are gonna get awkward. Not between Lon and I. At least I don't think so. I guess we'll see how the show goes. But things are gonna get awkward on this podcast because today. We're going to talk about a concept that you've heard us talk about in some previous shows. and If you haven't listened to those, by the way, feel free to go back wherever you get your downloadable content. They're all there for you it's the concept of the awkward conversation you've heard lon say this before he's got a very poignant line about it that i don't want to steal because i'm sure he'll say it at some point but if you listen to the shows you know what that is so today we're going to explore more about the awkward conversation and just a whole concept context around awkwardness and what that really means and why in some cases lon it's the right thing to do it's the necessary thing to do and it's the healthy thing to do. So hopefully you and I won't have any awkward conversations during the show today. But I think this is a really important topic and one that is cornerstone to what it is that you talk to people about every single day as part of your journey to inspire a thousand people to live their second half story.
0: Right on, man. I, I'm, I'm not so sure there isn't going to be an awkward conversation between the two of us, but let's just let's just go. We're just showing up curious. Let's see where this thing goes, man.
1: Well, let's, let's talk about the, the concept of the awkward conversation. So I'll, I'll use your line. And I'll steal it from you. And then you can steal it back at any point. You've said that there are uh, people out there that are one awkward conversation to getting to next, whatever next is for you, whatever that looks like for you, you're one awkward conversation away. And that awkward conversation could be with your spouse, could be with your boss, could be with a family member, could be with a friend, could be with any number of people. But we're one awkward conversation away from getting to next. And a lot of times we don't have that awkward conversation because, well, it's hard, right? It's not going to be easy walking up to somebody that you know really well or maybe somebody you don't know well and telling them something, saying something that they don't know about. Maybe they're not going to want to hear. So in your experience, Lon, let's just talk about how you conceptually realized how important having the awkward conversation was. Because for those who haven't followed along, Lon is a, a meticulous note taker. He talks to hundreds and hundreds of people a month. Takes pages and pages and notebooks full of notes. When did you kind of really stumble on the fact that awkward conversations are really at the cornerstone of what sometimes is holding somebody from getting to that second half?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't something I. Um, it wasn't a thesis that I had when I launched into Normal Forty a year ago. Um, you know, as we've talked, when I when I resigned my position, I had done some work in the background and I kind of knew I kind I, I kind of come across like to some people, they think that I just one day decided to quit my work. My work here, here was done and I quit. And while on the outside, that's what it looked like. That's not exactly how it worked. I had done a bunch of work leading up to the point to where I had a decision to make and I had a trade to make. And I ultimately made that trade and I started normal 40. And when I started Normal 40, it, it wasn't fully baked. I would tell you right now, it's not fully baked. So I would just show up to every conversation like I still do on all my free rambles. And I'm just curious. I'm curious about where every conversation goes, what everyone has in common, what words they use to describe exactly where they're at in life, and what what are the ingredients of, of the life that they have and the ingredients of the life that they're, they're after. And it took me probably, I don't know, 150, 200 conversations before something unique started to happen. I started to realize that everybody, everybody, when they ramble with me, um, we show up, we show up the same. They've never talked to me in nine times out of 10. And I've never talked to them. I don't even most of the time know that they're following me or that they've liked anything or have showed up to anything I've ever posted because I can't. They can't, they don't want anybody to know that they're following a dude from the internet who's talking about, Hey, maybe your life isn't as good as it looks from the outside and you should do something about it. Who wants to associate with that? Who's got a job and an image to uphold? Nobody. So after about, like I said, 150 rambles, I started to realize that as I would dig down and ask each of these dudes a little bit more and a little bit more, and they were getting more and more intimate in the conversation, I realized that all of them were running from an awkward conversation. And, uh, and so I, I, I probed that a little bit more and then I changed my writing style probably about six or eight months ago. I changed my writing style to probe into that awkwardness and go back and you can go back and look at any of the posts I've put. I would say, I would say six out of 10, maybe seven out of 10 really kind of play to this awkward feeling you have, um, that you're kind of avoiding. You don't want to talk about, you sure shit don't want anybody to know about and I'm here in your inbox all of a sudden talking about it. So it, it came to me kind of accidentally, but once it hit me, wait a minute, this dude, this dude's avoiding one conversation with his boss, one, one hour, maybe one 10 minute conversation with his boss. Why, why does he tolerate that? Why does he tolerate another week, month or year of the angst and gross and misery that he's feeling on a Sunday? when a 10 minute conversation just might do something about that. So as we would ramble, I would continue to refine and and dig into that. And what I found is it's absolutely true. And I, I, you know, my guesstimate would be that it's seven out of 10 or initially, but I'm not so sure that it isn't 10 out of 10 uh, of people who follow me, not 10 out of 10 people everywhere, but of the people who show up to me, there is an awkward conversation that they're avoiding. So I try to, I, I charge headlong with them into that awkward conversation and that's where things start getting fun.
1: This is very, very, very cliche when it comes to writing and things like that long. But I want to give you the definition of awkward um, as, as defined here. <clears throat> what is causing difficulty, hard to do or hard to deal with? Another is causing or feeling embarrassment or inconvenience. Those are kind of two different definitions which one of those two do you think more describes what you normally have experienced as people talk about the awkward conversation difficulty or hard to do with or embarrassment or inconvenience
0: man they're the same they're the, they're, they are 100 the same they are difficult and hard to deal with yes and they're difficult and hard to, be, to deal with because of the um because of the image you have because because of who you've built yourself up to be they are the they're, that's actually one definition to me um you, it, it isn't awkward if you don't care about your image. It isn't awkward if you don't care about your job. It isn't awkward if you don't feel like there's something on the line you could lose. You got to have both. To me, the, the awkward conversation, it's a, it's a perfect mix of those two definitions. And I never looked it up, man. I, I think those definitions are great, but they are mutually, uh, they, they go together. And uh, and I can't separate separate them out.
1: So let's talk about the fear behind it, right? Because you mentioned obviously that there, there's something holding people back, right? And and the reality is for a lot of people, I think they think that that fear and, and maybe not think is the right word. They they know that fear is certainly um, comes with consequences, right? The fear of telling your boss, "Hey, I don't feel like coming to work here anymore," could lead to the consequence of you not having your job, right? There there are there are consequences with with some of these conversations, right? How do you how do people or how do you think about you know how to contextualize the consequence with having this conversation versus how important it is just for 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 self help and for you know maybe one person's own sanity towards their next path. Yes,
0: yeah, so let's break it down. Let's let's um, usually just to calibrate um, the awkward conversation with the boss is rarely. I don't want to work here anymore. By that point, you've avoided the awkward conversation and you just got to the punchline. The awkward conversation comes earlier than that if you choose to have it. The awkward conversation with the boss comes in the form of, "Hey, we've downsized and." I used to have a team of eight and I have a team of two and the workload is exactly what it was a year and two and three years ago. I can't continue to put in the hours I'm putting in just to keep my head above water because there's an imbalance in my life that is not sustainable and I can't do it anymore. What can we do about this? That is the awkward conversation. And if you have it, you have, there's, there's two sets of options. There's two potential outcomes nothing happens and your boss says, suck it up. And, and, and there's nothing I can do about it. The budget isn't there. Or he or she says, I hear you. Thank you for coming to me. Let's put together a plan to deal with this. And in either situation, aren't you still better? Aren't you still better off at the end of that? You've gone through the awkward conversation. You've asked for the meeting. You've, you've rehearsed it in your head 600 times to and from work up and down the elevator in and out of conversations with your spouse. You've rehearsed it to death. And you finally get to that point, you have the awkward conversation that you've built up in your head. You've built it all the way up in your head. And the awkwardness of the conversation is a complete mirror image of the tolerance you have for the life you're living. They're the same size. And um, so you've built it up to this. You're hugely miserable. You've tolerated more than you should. You've rehearsed all of the things you want to say. You've asked for the conversation. And then the results happen. And you're going to get one of two things. It's going to fall into one of two buckets. Suck it up. There's nothing I can do for you and deal with it. I hear you. Thank you for bringing this to me. Let's see if we can fix it. That's it. There isn't a a third bucket. There isn't a third bucket. So then what have you done? You've given yourself a new reality. You've given yourself a new reality. You won't drive home. At the day of that conversation, you will not drive home and rehearse the conversation that did not happen. You will drive home and rehearse in your mind. You'll recall in your mind, the conversation that happened, and you'll have a whole new set of options for how you want to deal. Your option might be, well, I need to hire someone and they're going to let me. That's great. That's a, that's great. Your option might be, I tried, they didn't listen. This is never getting better. I have to go do something else about this. I've got to brush up my resume. I've got to call some friends, whatever it is you're in. A, if you have the awkward conversation, if you are, if you, exhaust your tolerance, you no longer will stand anymore, that the result is all upside. Even if the answer sucks, the result is now you know, and you can, you, you've got a new set of circumstances to deal with. And that's just better.
1: Let's stay on the topic of the boss for a second, Lon, and we'll, we'll get to other family members, other people in a second. Um, how much do you think trust plays a role in having the awkward conversation. How much do you think having trust in that other person that they are going to be receptive of that conversation, that they're going to sit down and give you the time that they're going to, you know, be a a listening ear, if you will, when you want to come in and finally have that conversation, how much does trust play into that?
0: Uh, Trust is huge, man. And, and, um, everybody's trust relationship with their boss is different, but you know, I even kind of want to dissect the word trust. Um, there's there's the trust that there, there, it's kind of two sided. You you can trust that they will listen and care, um, you know, and and it's it's that kind of soft side of trust. And then there's the other side of trust, which is this kind of I trust that I trust them with this information. I trust them with this vulnerability. I trust them enough to share with them that I'm sinking. And it's and they're they're. They're similar, but different. So, um, uh, but at the end of the day, trust is hugely, uh, trust makes it easier, but trust can't be the thing, whether you have trust or not, can't be the thing that encourages you to have the conversation. You kind of have to have it and figure out how to have it, whether the trust is there or not, because the answers they give are too important to the rest of your life to the happiness you feel yet today to, to wait until the trust is built. It's just almost a nice to have.
1: So I, I, w- I want to restate the question, I because I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to restate it so we can be very clear. There are people out there that are listening to this. I, I can think of a few that I've interacted with that I know consume this 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 podcast who absolutely downright despise their boss. Right. They they think that he or she is just not a nice person. They are you're not someone who's who's really receptive to conversation. They're, they don't have an open door policy, whatever the buzzword is. Right. They flat out just do not trust, enjoy or have any sort of faith in their boss. Your, your advice to them, to that person who's listening, who's in that boat, would be still have that awkward conversation, yes?
0: Absolutely. And I, I would say especially so. So look, here, here's, here's what it comes back to. At the end of this day, whenever you're listening to this, at the end of this day, you can look back at the problems you faced, and I dare you to find one that wasn't the result of your decisions, and the conversations you chose to have or chose to avoid. The problems that find you fall into, fall to yourself. You, the, the problems that you will have experienced on this day, whoever's listening, wherever you're at in the world, will be the result of what you tolerated. So let's talk about this boss. Let's talk about the boss you despise, the, the boss you hate. What are you tolerating here? What are you, the person, my voice is in your head right now. Channel the boss that you're mad at. Channel the boss that you don't like. Channel the boss that right now in your gut is making it boil and it's making your jaw tight and it's making you perspirate. That son of a bitch. Whose fault is it that you are there? Dude, it sucks and it's not easy. I'm I'm not sitting here getting all punchy because it's easy. I'm getting all punchy because guess what? Even though it's hard, you own it. And nobody shows up to do anything about it for you. I take that back. Somebody can do something about it for you. It's that same son of a bitch who's making your blood pressure go up and he can fire you when you're not ready for it. He can have the awkward conversation with you and then you don't have any reaction time. So, man, I, I'm, if, if you are in a place where you really dislike your boss, you have to have that awkward conversation. for Not for him, for you and your joy, and by the way, for your spouse, and your kids, and for your presence at home. Man, you, listen to me, you said it off the top, Adam, and this is the thing that I have discovered after 400 conversations. I'm telling you, most people who follow me are one awkward conversation away from a radically improved day, week, month, year, and maybe even life. Now that's a big statement. That's a really big statement. And I would suggest that not everybody's one awkward conversation away from a better life, but I would stand firmly on top of the fact that everyone who hears my voice is one awkward conversation away with someone, a boss, a spouse, a child, a neighbor, a coworker, or yourself. One awkward conversation away from a radically improved month and year.
1: Let's talk about the spouse uh, next, Lon. Because obviously, that's a much more um, a deeper relationship in most cases than than employee and employer. Right? That the spouse is someone who you've spent significant amount of time with. You've invested time with each other. You know, you've you've grown your relationship. You've perhaps grown a family. Th- that that's a whole different conversation because there's probably a little bit more feeling involved, right? How do you go about approaching that conversation with somebody like a spouse who you have a deep feeling, a deep connection with? How does that differ from maybe that that awkward conversation you have with the boss?
0: Well, it it, it differs radically, um, and you know, I would say that the conversation with the spouse, if if you if you come from a a marriage and a relationship where you're comfortable having awkward conversations, then, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. Let let me give you a perfect example. You and I, Adam, are recording this on a day when my family's home. And normally we don't normally we record it when, when I've got the house to myself. So I told my wife, I'm like, Hey babe, we're doing a conversation today with awkward conversations. And I gotta have one with you. She's like, what's up? I'm like, yeah. Can you be gone with the kids from this time to this time? So that you know they're not chewing up internet. And they're not running through the house and making pizzas and all the things that are actually going on in the background right now with my <laughs> oldest son. But anyway, it's uh, and and she just laughed and she's like, "Oh my gosh! All right. Well, she she and I have the type of relationship where we can have that awkward conversation. If 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 we didn't have that, and I said, "Hey, can you just be gone for two hours? Well, that's kind of weird. What, why do you want me gone? What are you doing? What are you? You know." And but we have that uh, that conversation that relationship where that is not the circumstance. So it, it, it starts with, what is your relationship already? But here's, I don't want to get into, I'm not a marriage counselor, man. But I I am, I'm a dude who talks to dudes who I would say of the 400 dudes I've talked to in the last nine months, I would bet, I, I, I sum up everyone roughly the same way. Everyone um, is at the point where they are getting ready to to, they're at a place where they want to make a trade. They know that they want to do something else. They know their best days are in front of them. They know that's probably not where their feet are and they're wrestling with that and they don't know who to talk to. So they show up to the dude on the internet. Um, They show up pretty clear that if something came up that they wanted to trade for, they would do it. The problem is they have no idea. They have no idea how to define what it is they would trade it for. They've never stopped to define what it is their dream is so that they can actually put a plan together to go get it. That's normal, dude. If that's you, welcome to the club, baby. You are normal. Quit feeling like you're on an island. That's what normal 40 is. You are normal. That's, that's fine. I also say that I would say on average, most of the dudes who talk to me, very few of them have marital problems. Very few of them find me and they, and complain about their marriage. Almost none. And I mean, single digit in it after 400 single digit percentage, low single digit have ever talked about a, a challenging marriage. But at the same time, very high double digit, I would say, have a marriage that could use a lot of improvement, could use a lot more communication, could use a lot more um, intimacy. The non-sexual communicative intimacy. Let's just talk deeply and personally about what, how I feel about my job, about my boss. And and so this comes back to, what's the awkward conversation of the spouse, which is your question. And it is sharing with them early in black and white, in plain language, in intimate dialect, exactly what you're feeling so that if you get to the point where one, you get let go or two, you get so fed up that you can't take it anymore and you just storm out. They're not surprised by it. When you bring them along with how you're feeling, spouses are incredibly supportive. And if in, and and one of the misperceptions, one of the larger misperceptions of the dudes I talk to is that they think their wives might not be supportive. They might not support, um, because they're the provider. You know, this goes back to the contracts that you and I talk about one person in the marriage typically stays home to raise the kids or spends more time with the kids, maybe works part-time. And the other one is the provider. And when, when traditionally that's this, the, the man is the provider, then you've got a contract. The contract you're living by is I provide and I don't want to bring problems home. That's not what I do. I'm a problem solver, not a problem maker. So I'm going to hold it in. I'm not going to communicate how I feel. I'm not going to communicate that I think that my boss is is out to get me. I'm not going to communicate that I feel like I shouldn't have been passed over that per- for that promotion. I'm not going to communicate that I think I should be making 20% more than I'm making. And I'm not going to communicate that I hate Sundays because Monday is tomorrow. So you're locking in and your spouse really doesn't know it. Other than they see you pissed off, coming home angry, short- not present, drinking on your couch on a Tuesday night after they're in bed and kind of punchy most of the time you are home and, uh, and that's what they're left with. But when you share with your, what your feelings are with your spouse about what you love to do and what you don't, and you ask them what they love seeing you do, think about that for a question. What do you see me doing when I'm happiest? What's going on in my world? What am I working on? Who are the people around me? Just intimate conversations like that, your spouse all of a sudden isn't part of the awkward conversation. They are part of your radical fan club helping you reason through the awkward conversation, helping you prioritize what conversations come next, helping you understand who it is you're here to be, and they become a partner. So very long answer to your question, but, man, every time every time I sign up a new client, um, they everybody wants to get right into it, and I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I've got a coach, and I want to get right into the good stuff. But we stop, man. We start with, tell me about how your relationship is with your spouse. Tell me about what her dreams are. I know you and I are going to get to where yours are, but my guess is you haven't bothered to ask yourself what yours are, so you probably haven't bothered to ask her either. My whole point is the awkward conversation with your spouse goes away really quickly When you just take a few moments to be vulnerable about exactly what it is you're feeling and a clear on exactly what it is you're not clear on, that's it.
1: I want want to probe on something you said just to make sure we, we touch on this point. I think a lot of people, you said something that I enjoyed earlier. You said that you know we're problem solvers, right? We don't bring problems home. We solve the problems. And I think, is there a myth? And you tell me if you've heard this, there's a myth that I can't go have the awkward conversation with my spouse if I don't have any answers right? I can't come with a problem unless I'm prepared to also have a solution, right? When you in the professional world, a lot of times that that's kind of the, the thing you hear the buzzwords from your bosses, you know, don't just bring me a problem, bring me a solution as well, right? And is there some element you think of, of, of dudes walking in going, Okay, I don't have a solution for this. I don't know what to do yet. I just know there's a problem. And, and that's what holds them back from bringing that forward to their spouse, because you're wired or conditioned to say I can't bring a problem unless I bring a solution completely
0: here. Let me, let me, and I've got, I've got data to back this up. So one of the things that happens, I've got a closed LinkedIn group. And when you come into that, you're asked to complete a survey and I'm pretty shocked at how many people actually complete it. And I've got hundreds and hundreds of results. One of the questions I ask is, and I choose my words very carefully. My spouse is entirely aware of how I feel. So look, if you're, if you found me and you're following me you're, you're on a spectrum of change. It's coming. Something's, something's brewing. If you've reached out to me and asked me to get into this group, you're a little bit further along. You're more than just thinking about something. Something's punching at you. Okay. So that's, that's the mentality of the group. And and it's important we talk about that. So that individual of that individual, and there's 2,800 of them in there. Um, my spouse is entirely aware how I feel. You know what? 40%, 43% actually say, absolutely, absolutely, only 43% say my spouse is entirely, that's the big word, entirely aware of how I feel. And then it kind of scales down uh, to somewhat, somewhat, you know, we've had the conversation, but, but think about that. That means that 60%, 60% of, of marriages. That's why I say marriages are good. They're not on the ropes, but they're not great. Man, if 60% of your spouses of the people who find me aren't entirely aware, they might know, they might, you might've hinted, you might've talked about a bad day. And to you, that's, I'm um, forecasting problems, but it's very few people who bring their spouses in to the place of telling them where how, how they feel entirely. And part of that is exactly what you just, you said, Adam. It's because we are here to be problem solvers. Our side of the agreement is to provide and not bring home problems. It's to solve their problems, solve kids' problems, fund kids' activities. Fund family trips. Fund the house. Um, what goes on in the house? We don't bring home problems. It's not what we do. We don't even want. We don't even want our employees to bring us problems. We want them to bring us solutions. That's how we're wired. So, it's an important point, and I wanted to talk about that data point that I have uh, collected. It's a. It's kind of amazing.
1: All right, so let's, let's tip the to, tip to table a little bit here. Imagine you're, you're the spouse, right? You, you are, you're, you're the wife of, of a dude who you think is going through some stuff, right? And you're hearing everything Lon said, you know, on the couch on a Tuesday, drinking by themselves, not as happy as he used to be, kind of punchy at times, kind of miserable on a Sunday. And you're, you're sitting there and you're going, check, check, check. Hey, that sounds a lot like Doug, right? And you're the spouse and Doug is, 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 is sitting there across from you. What should a spouse do? about the awkward conversation when they know that somebody maybe needs to have it with them? Is there is there an element of saying, hey, open that door, open that window to begin an awkward conversation? Or should a spouse just kind of let that play out naturally? And I guess maybe the better way to phrase that is, is it wise to quote unquote force, and I put that in air quotes for those not watching on video, force somebody into an awkward conversation when they're, maybe they're not ready for it?
0: Yeah. Um, look, it goes back, you and I, Adam did an entire podcast called the permission. And some people hated the title and some people loved it. Um, but, but that is what it is. And so if you're listening to this, so two things about who's listening to this. One, if this is your dude, if you're the dude and this is you, you're sitting in your frickin' garage right now, because this is, you can't get out and go in yet because you got to hear how this song ends. Play this podcast for your spouse to kick off the awkward conversation. Okay. There, sparks lit, table set. Okay, here we go. If you're the spouse and you're worried about, uh, if you're the spouse who's worried about your spouse who doesn't like their boss, I'm gonna use genders and I'm gonna get hate mail probably. But if you are the wife of a dude who's going to work every day, going going to sleep Sunday night, feeling a pit in his gut because he knows Monday's gonna be a shit day and you're the spouse, I promise you, I promise you, they want to talk about it. They want to share with you how they're feeling. They want to share with you that it isn't as easy as they're trying to make it look. I promise you they want to have that conversation. Do you know how I know it? Because they are so willing to have that conversation with some random dude from the internet, some guy who posts shit about how dudes feel when they're at the top of their game. They are so willing to pour their heart up to me that I promise you they wanna share it with you. They just don't know how. They don't think they should. They don't have your permission. They don't feel the door is open. They don't wanna drop problems on you. They just wanna deal with it. So what do they do? They tolerate. They tolerate this life that they're building, going down a path they don't really like because their end of the agreement is to provide. If you crack that door open, and it might not fly open and conversation one, try one, cause you gotta kinda chink away at it. It might take a few, few runs. I promise you they want to talk about it. And I promise you they want you in their corner. And I promise you when, when you become a team and you give them that permission, the permission to be not okay, the permission to want something else, your marriage change, your life change. This is where I talk about this one awkward conversation can change a life. It can change a marriage. And if it can change a marriage, it sure shit can change your life. My whole point is somebody's got to initiate it. Somebody's got to take the, Take the initiative to make it okay to have that conversation. I'll say one more thing. I'm going to keep showing up here. I'm going to keep being the guy that dudes can come talk to. And I'm going to keep having that awkward conversation and asking them the awkward, conversations back, uh, awkward questions back because it's too damn important. I care too damn much. And I've seen it get better on the other side. I've seen what the result of an awkward conversation can do. I've seen what confronting a problem looks like. And I've seen how it gets better when you change your problems from the problems you tolerate to a new set of problems you've got to navigate. And when you do that, man, your world just gets better.
1: This is a, a tough one to transition to, blonde, But let's talk a little bit about um, again. There's there's probably any number of permutations of the awkward conversation, and, and we won't get into all of them. But I think the other one I did want to touch on and get your perspective on is is with kids, right? You talked about with you know with your children, and obviously you know that could be somebody as as you know small as two and as as old as you know twenty two, right? It could be anywhere in between. Uh, But in some cases, Lon, obviously some kids and children, they they haven't necessarily had enough experience in life to fully understand, right? As you're talking to your boss, you're talking to your spouse, there's some level of of understanding and maturation that's taken place where they kind of get some of this right to a nine year old who's innocent, who just wants to play Madden and and go to school and make sure there's an apple in their lunchbox. All this stuff is really confusing, right? It's almost over their head in some respects. How, how do you go about having that awkward conversation, you know, with, with a child, with your kid who says, Dad, I was hoping I could go back to that summer camp this, this summer. I know it was expensive, but all my friends are going and you're the awkward dad who's now going, man, I'm, I'm going to leave my job because I'm, I'm in this place. How do I talk to my kid about that? Right. So a lot more emotions probably involved because to, uh, to your point, as, as a father, as a parent you want to protect, right? That's our role. Right? We, we throw on the Batman shield and, and we want to protect our, our family and our kids from, from ever having anything bad happen. How, what, what sort of guidance, what sort of, um, you know, perspective have you, have you heard or have you seen about somebody having this awkward conversation as it relates to a, a young child? Such a good question. I, and I'm going
0: to kind of, um, bucketize it. And I think you kind of have your 11 year old and younger and your 12 year old and older awkward conversations. And you know, to your kids, um, every parent thinks that they're so great about masking, you know, masking how they feel and hiding, hiding the things that get them down. But man, your kids are on to you, man, especially in your, your 12 year old, your 12 year olds and older. They, they know your quirks. They know by the look on your face, if this is a time they should talk to you or not. They know by your walk, They know by your walk, when you come in the door, if this is a time that they should be happy to see you or just kind of avoid you for a while, they know. So quit, just quit assuming they don't and accept that they do because they do. And your kids under 11, man, um, they know you for two things. They know you probably as a provider, you know, it's, it's, it's funny and not in our house. My my kid, my wife, thank gosh, stayed home and raised our kids, man. And, um, and it was a blessing on every possible level. And um, my kids saw me under the age of 12. They saw me as the provider. You know, I was the one that quote unquote worked. And I knew and my wife knew that she was my enabler. She enabled me to have the job and put in the hours I put in. It was a team effort. She and I knew that. But it bothered her still that that I got tagged as the the provider. Um, but but that is one of our jobs. And the other one is protector, especially men. Um, But that's not fair. Parents. I I wish I would I'd like to take that back as parents were, were, were protectors. And that's what your kids need. Those, those are two, they, they, and those are the two things they need to feel from you. They need to feel safe and they feel need to feel like they've got enough. What, what is enough to them and what we think is enough for them are radically different. Hmm. They need a soccer ball and a smile. And the rest of their day, you've provided for them adequately. You just have, you just have, uh, we judge ourselves differently. We think they should go to the camp and they should, you know, because our neighbor across the streets sending their kids to a camp and, you know, they should be on the traveling team because well, three of the kids in his class are on the traveling team. So if he can makes a team, why, why shouldn't he or she be on the traveling team? But it's way more important in our parent as parents. It's way more important in our mind than it, than it actually is in our kids to a certain age. And then at an age that starts to, that starts to transition. So your acro conversation with your younger kids is just, Hey, how you doing today, bud? You know, all the, all the simple stuff just to be present, um, be, be present and give your presence. I, I do want to shift though. And I want to talk about kids after they get, you know, to middle school, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, what they need from you is different. Um, and if you're too busy to, to take time to understand what they need and that they still need you, even though they're distant, even though they're in their room, even though they're on Snapchat and on social, even though they don't show up for dinner, even though they're in their cars or with their friends, if you assume that that's them being okay, it's going to be a bad outcome. And, um, you know, I, some of you, Adam, some of the people who listen to this podcast, follow me close and some of you were with me when i was writing my book um, the trade that's that by the way shameless plug will be coming out like in, in just a couple of months i'm in the the book's written it's in edit, editing stage right now but while i was getting ready to be done with that book i just decided i had to add a chapter i had to add a chapter that shaped my life and almost if i wasn't careful could have probably destroyed it in in the worst possible way. And, and it was the result of me being busy and me assuming everything is okay and me avoiding the awkward conversation with somebody who lived in my own house because everything looked good on the outside and everything seemed to be flowing on the outside. And it, that was my excuse to tolerate not having the hard conversation. And I write all about it, man. And it is, it was a cheer jerker for me to write. And the story turned out wonderfully. And it could have went, it could have it could have gone another direction. My whole point is this. Don't assume that your kids are okay. Have the awkward conversation. Come up with the questions. Come up with the here's one. Here's what I did. At any given point when I felt like my kids are struggling, I would say, I'm going to ask for a number. I know you don't want to talk to me. You're 14. It's too, dad, you know, you're too cool for dad. I would ask, I'd ask my kids for a number. I'd say, Hey, look, scale of one to five, five being I'm outstanding top of the world. One being I'm struggling. I'm having a, I am melting down. I'm having the worst possible day you could imagine. And so instead of me asking, Hey, how is so-and-so and being all intrusive, they'd come through the door. I'd ask them, give me a number. That's all I would say. And they'd give me a number. And they knew if they gave me a four or five, no more questions. If They gave me a three, probably no more questions. But if they gave me a two, I'm going to come down to the room and talk. And if they gave me a one, no matter where they are on the face of the planet, I told them I'm coming for them. If I ask that question ever for the rest of my life and they give me a one, I'm on my way. And it totally disarmed it. It took an awkward conversation and bracketed it. And it became a tool that we use. And I've had a one before. I've had a one. And if I hadn't had that tool, I don't know. I don't, I do not know. It's the awkward conversation that probably changed my life. They are all around you when you just stop for a moment and address them. They are all around you. And you're going to get to read every word of that story in the trade.
1: That's really powerful, Lon. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I know that wasn't easy for you to share, and I, I know you know, you and I have talked off air. You've wrestled with how to how to broach this topic. So I know I I haven't read the book yet, but I'm looking forward to to that chapter to get more insight. No easy way to transition out of that, Lon. So I'll, I'll just do it so awkwardly since we're here. Um, is there a situation a scenario where you would tell somebody, hey, hey, man, hey, dude? You're not ready for the awkward conversation I know earlier you said hey just have it like it it's better to have it than not have it but is there a scenario where you would tell someone hey you, you're not you're not ready yet you've got to do a, B and C or make sure you have one two and three you know somewhat somewhat firmed up is there a situation where you'd advise someone to, to sort of pause do some 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 thinking right do some soul searching whatever that is before they they launch into that awkward conversation
0: um yeah, and I think most of them actually I think most of them deserve to be heard and here's what i mean so i was just while i was getting ready for this call i'm thinking okay we all have the awkward conversations every day the problem is the awkward conversation is happening in our mind and what we would say to our boss if they asked us to do this and what we would say to our neighbor if they you know run their sprinkler or whatever in our backyard again, or their dog poops in our backyard or what we would say to our kids or what we would say to whatever we, we rehearse in our head all day the 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 stuff we want to say and what the tough person in us or the articulate person in us or the smart person or the clever person in us would say, or what we hope they would say. And then the opportunity to actually deliver it comes up and we don't, we tolerate it. We fold, we walk away. and, and, um, and on the drive home, we rehearse how we wish the conversation would have went all over again. We have awkward conversations between our ears all day, every day, and then we don't have them. So to your, to your question is, is, do you just barge in or do you rehearse it? You got to quit rehearsing it in your head. Your head is all, is rehearsing it in your head is not all bad as long as you actually rehearse it out loud with someone and then you actually engage it. It's a, it's got to start in your head, but so long as this is the 347th time you've rehearsed this same conversation in your head and you still tolerate it and you're still not doing anything about it. You still don't have a plan to deal with it. And tomorrow you're going to show up to work and not have it. Well, then you probably better find somebody, find a dude from the internet, call me and we'll, we'll, we'll dry run it. I'll be your boss. I do it all the time. Everybody hates. It's so funny. Everybody hates role-playing until we're done doing it. And then they're like, holy shit, that was amazing. Yeah, don't you feel powerful? Even though it was just me, just a dude from the internet, wasn't your boss, but you had it out loud. You had to actually talk. You had to actually respond, not just let the little voice in your head wheel off and all the things you could do and should do and would do, but don't. It matters, man. Find somebody, find a coach, find a friend, find a neighbor, find a spouse, find a child, find someone to share it out loud with. That is, dude, this is why I'm here. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much more clear I can be. I have free rambles that I can help you get your voice in your head out into the world. And, uh, and then we can, we can have those awkward conversations.
1: Is there a period, I mean, with everything in life, there's, there's obviously always the, the exception to the rule, right? Is there a period of time where at some point. You need to stop having awkward conversations and start taking action, right? And, and I think of it this way, right? You, you you get the courage up and let's just use spouse for a second, right? You get your courage up and you tell your spouse one day, honey, here's what I want to tell you about how I'm feeling. And you get that out and you feel much better, right? Then the next week you're like, you know, I got more to say, honey, I want to add this. And then that goes on for a period of time where you keep adding to the awkward conversation, but you're not doing anything from an actual change perspective. Is there a point in time where the awkward conversations really have to start to manifest themselves into some form of execution or some form of plan, or if not for lack of better words, are you just complaining all the time?
0: Well, you, you, you certainly are uh, complaining all the time at that point, but look, you know, um, if I'm at, I'm at the risk of just repeating myself a bunch of times, but just getting it out in the air regardless of who it's with, it just changes the problem you have to deal with next. If 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 the problem, uh, and so let's talk about your spouse. If you communicate with your spouse and he or she is open with you on the changes they would like to see, and you have this awkward conversation and you're open on the changes you'd like to see, and nobody does anything. Well, now you've got a new problem. Now it's not, I wish they would change. I wonder why they don't change. Why can't they see that that isn't working? You know, it's all that, that that stuff in your mind that you're rehearsing, but you've put it out there and you've communicated it and they're still not doing anything. Well, now you've got a new awkward conversation to have. It's how are we, you know, it's the how. It's like, "Hey, I brought this up and still nothing is happening. How can we how can we move this forward? How can I be how can I help with that? It's important to us." So it it just it changes the set of problems that you're dealing with and ultimately at the end of the day every, every decision you're going to make in life, every trade, everything's a trade. We talk about this. It's just trading your problems that you're dealing with. And if the problem is that you're tolerating a job, you don't like using gifts you don't want or appreciate about yourself more better said, not using the gifts you want to use, then that's what you're tolerating. And those are your problems. Your problems are that you lament the fact that you're not using them. Well, if you have the awkward conversation with the spouse, now your problems are different. You've got a new set of problems. It's either, uh, like we said, off the top, go find a new job, go do something else because nothing's going to change, or maybe the world bends in your favor and things things happen. And it's true whether it's home or work.
1: Interesting one to ask you. Would you hypothesize that on every single day there's somebody you could have an awkward conversation with? right? You eat to your point. You have one with the boss, right? Then, then that changes. You have to have another one, right? Then you have one with a spouse and then you have to have one with your kid. Then, then your neighbor, then your boss. Would you hypothesize that literally almost every single day there's somebody that you can, could, or should have an awkward conversation with?
0: Yeah, I, I really mean this. Um, I think that every problem you deal with today in your house or in your business is the result of an awkward conversation that was avoided yesterday. Not literally yesterday, but at some point in the past, I really, really believe that take, take whatever problem finds you next, Adam or John or Mick or Steve or whoever can hear me take whatever problem finds you next and ask yourself, could this have been avoided with the conversation yesterday? Chances are pretty good that the answer is yes. So then what? conversations are you avoiding today knowingly or unknowingly um that are going to just deliver you the problems that you're going to have to deal with tomorrow and they're all around you they're all around you they're the voicemail you didn't return they're the they're the customer complaint you didn't address they're the employee uh attendance you didn't calibrate it's it's whatever whatever uh is a problem that's finding you it's the result of a conversation that you failed to have Uh, an awkward conversation that you failed to have. And and one more thing, and this is really important. You can open the door. You of course can initiate an awkward conversation when it impacts you, right? But if you want to be a spectacular boss and you want to be somebody who people admire, and you want to be a spectacular spouse, open up the door for others to have the awkward conversation with you and not a bullshit. Hey, you can tell me anything thing and a legitimate um, and this takes time, but a legitimate, open possibility where you ask you're, in your one-on-one at the end of the conversation, ask your employee who works for you, what is it that you've been wanting to tell me and you haven't? What is it that you wish I knew and, and, and maybe I'm not even aware of? Man, I tell you what, it'll throw them back. I ask, I used to ask that question at, at every one-on-one, not, hey, what can I do for you? What can I do to make you? now? Guess what? Nobody's going to give you an answer to that get specific. Tell me something that you wish I'd quit doing. Tell me something that drives you crazy, man. And let me see if I can fix it. If you, if you create an atmosphere of trust, going back to your word, Adam, with your team like that and vulnerability and Hey, if you, I can't fix everything about me, I'm a But if there is something I can fix, if I am able to do it, let me know what it is. And let me see if I can no promises. But if you can have just the relationship where you can have that conversation, it will radically change who you are, the type of boss you are, how your team responds to you, and the amount of work you can get done in any given day.
1: I really want to clarify something you said earlier because I think it's an important point. Um, having the awkward conversation. Doesn't necessarily mean that something's going to get better in that instant, right? It's not an instant gratification situation. You were talking about this uh, you know, a second ago. You may go tell your boss, hey, boss, I, I don't want to go on that business trip tomorrow. And your boss may go, "Hey, that's a tough break, man. You got to go, right? You had the awkward conversation. You still didn't get the, you know, maybe the solution you were looking for. It didn't make you feel any better, right? So, I do think it's important for people to recognize that the awkward conversation is not a guarantee that you're going to get the result you're looking for. Um, and there may be there may be some time that has to sort of take place, Lon. But what would you tell somebody who maybe had that awkward conversation? and hasn't seen the result yet. Maybe he's getting a little discouraged and saying, hey, well, I I tried that and that didn't work. And I told my boss I didn't want to work the night shift anymore. But guess what? I'm still working the night shift. What would you tell people who maybe had their, what they at least think is their version of the awkward conversation and haven't seen the result yet and are are maybe discouraged by that and are thinking, well, this awkward conversation stuff is all bullshit. It doesn't work.
0: It's interesting. I I wouldn't tell them anything. I would ask them. Um, I would ask them, well, what do you want to do then, man? So you came to me, you, you, you told your boss that you're, you're burned out. You needed, you needed another team member because you're drowning. And they said, no, what do you want me to do about it? I can't do anything about it. Your boss said he won't do anything about it. What are you going to do about it? What do you want to do about it? And, and then we ramble on that and they don't know. What do you think I should do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I know what I would do, but that doesn't matter to you. I'm not you. We're talking about you. What do you want to do? And I, that's the awkward conversation. That's what I put back in your face. Nobody fixes this for you. What do you want to do about this? Here's your chance. Here's your choice, dude. Tolerate it. Deal with it. And everybody's going to say, well, I'm sick of tolerating it. I'm frustrated. I'm fed up. I tried to deal with it and it didn't work. Okay. You tried one thing. What, what other options do you have? What other options do you really have to change your problems? Your problem is right now you're being abused. You're being uh, taken advantage of. You're miserable. Your family knows it. And you don't feel like the time you're given is worth what you're getting paid to do it. Okay, that's your problem. How are you going to trade it? And what are you going to trade that problem for? Are you going to trade it for fixing a resume, applying somewhere else, reaching out to your network? I, I don't, you know, it's... I can't give advice there. It's up to you, but you got to do something. You're going to tolerate what you've already said. You don't want to tolerate anymore. And you tried one thing, maybe two things and it didn't work. Okay. That doesn't mean you're done. It still means you've got the same choice, tolerate or change. What do you want to change? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? How can I help? Who haven't you talked to? What haven't you tried? Who's been in this position before and got actually got through it? Who was able to communicate with this guy in a way that was effective? Who can we talk to? There's a thousand things we can do, but accepting and tolerating that we're going to be miserable better not be one of them.
1: Well, a lot of great. Um, I mean, for those who haven't had a ramble with Lon, I think this feels a lot like maybe what you'd experience, right? Because uh, he's asking the same questions that he might ask on that ramble. He's giving you the same thoughts that, that he might give you if you call them for a ramble. Um, so if you're sitting in that situation now and you're trying to determine, you know, what to what to do about this awkward conversation that's maybe looming or that you know it's kind of weighing you down a little bit, I think you've got a, a firsthand recipe for perhaps um, you know how you might want to approach some of those uh, some of those topics, Lon. So um, really, really nice job. I definitely appreciate you sharing more about the awkward conversation. But you, my friend, are a very, very busy human being. You have a lot of things going on. You've mentioned your book, you mentioned your closed LinkedIn group. I know you do some some other stuff on the side. Tell people more about normal four. Where they can find you, what's next, what's new, and how they can get contact with you if they want to.
0: Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a ask it out there, Adam. I've I've tried to live um, certainly the last year of my life and and do as little ask as I could and just show up. Um, but I'm at the point where I I need I need some more people to show up. Um, and and he, let me give you some some ways you can do it. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about your money. I'm just talking about you, your name, your mission, your, who you are, who you want to be, all of those things, all the shit that brings you to, to this podcast and to my posts, all of that, I want you to be a little bit more involved because the worst thing that could happen, the worst thing that could happen when you like share or promote something I've said, the worst thing that can happen is somebody becomes aware of. Hey, this guy's, this guy's got options and, and, uh, and he feels a certain way and it's probably going to come back to help you more than it is going to hurt you. Because if you're listening to me and you're miserable and you've checked every box of your life that you're, you're tolerating and you're pissed off about it, what the hell does it matter? If it, if somebody finds out that you're following a dude, who's telling you to get clarity on what it is you do want shit, it seems to me like that's a pretty smart thing to do. So I'm asking you, man, uh, if you can, I would love for you to review this podcast. I'd love for you to go in wherever you've listened to it and leave a note, leave a five-star say this dude is probably somebody you should listen to. If it's obviously, if, <laughs> if, if it's impacted, you do that. So that's number one, man, leave leave a leave a comment, share it with a friend, share it with your spouse. Listen, have people listen to it. Challenge others people's other people to listen to it. It's you, whoever you are, whoever hears my voice, you are the only way I don't buy. I don't, I don't have ads here. You and I, Adam, we don't have ads here because we don't want to do that. But yet we want to reach more people. And the only way we're going to do that is for somebody to finally quit tolerating who they were yesterday and accepting that they are going to step up and be part of what we're doing. That would be great. So that's number one. Two, um, I'm launching what I'm I'm calling letters from me to you. And it's a, it's a probably twice a month letter that I'm going to Put out kind of in long form that you can sign up for. And if you go to normal 40.com at the very bottom, you can sign up for normal 40, the Rambler, and it's going to be long form content. I might have some videos. It might be just me to camera a little bit talking about some things, but we're going to, I'm going to put in long form notes from me to you, the shit I've learned along the way, where I'm at, what I'm hearing, what other dudes are feeling, and it's going to be in your face. And I want people to show up for it. Go to normal 40.com sign up. It's free. All I need is your email address because I want it to hit your inbox. Um, Another thing, and this is pretty cool. I'm trying to figure out how to, how to get some traction with the trade and and everybody who shows up has been so good, man. Everybody's been so supportive. It's been really humbling. And I want to, for those who are really interested, the people who are showing up here, like you're still the early birds here. I'm not done. I This is the top of the first inning. We don't even have an out. I don't even know if we've had a strike on us yet, Adam. And I want to create a, uh, I want to create something between now and launch with the trade where I want to give, I want to give a handful of people, maybe 50. So not a, not a small handful, a big handful of people, a pre-publicated PDF of the trade in its entirety. And it might even be pre-edited because I want to get this going and it's not through editing yet. I want to give 50 people a pre-publication copy of the trade. And I want you to read it. And I want one thing in return. If you liked it, leave me a review because nothing is more, here's why, nothing is more important to books and um, getting word out than when somebody puts their most precious resource against it, their name. And so, dude, if I've ever showed up for you, if anything that, anything normal 40 has ever done has changed even one degree what you've done and you want an early copy of this book and you're willing to, if you like it, obviously if you don't like it, I wouldn't expect it. You're willing to put your name on it and say, dude, this book is great. I'm going to give it to three people I know. If you're willing to do that, go to normal40.com. On the top, uh, you'll see it, you'll see a drop down says the trade and just sign up. And in that same group, I'm going to be putting all sorts of things, uh, not the least of which is access to that. But I'm for the people who sign up, I'm going to leak, I'm going to leak out Um, behind the scenes stories and, and, and other details. So go sign up, apply to be, apply to be one of the 50 people. Um, I've got my closed and private LinkedIn group. And then lastly, I'm, I, uh, I started a community, a paid community, and it hasn't gone great. This is where, this is the awkward conversation I've had with myself. Um, and it hasn't gone great, not because people didn't show up, but because the platform was bad. It, I, I chose a bad platform. Well, um, uh, A dude, a dude that maybe someday some of you, more people get to know is helping me fix that. And we're going to relaunch that. And I would love it if you would come in to my paid community where we, I'm going to show up more like this, more rambles, more one-on-one, more community stuff. Um, and, uh, And I'd love it if you'd consider signing up for that. That is paid, not free. That's my paid plug. Man, I think I've probably exhausted all the time I should take to plug stuff I'm looking for.
1: That's important work, Lon. It's important that uh, people get that chance to hear where they can connect with you. Because, as you mentioned, there's some people who just aren't ready to maybe publicly do that. So, having some of these different forum opportunities where they can continue to learn, continue to evolve their mind, and, and get more comfortable with where they are, I think is is hugely important. But uh, again, as Lon mentioned, if you like what we're doing on the show, uh, feel free to hit hit the subscribe button on whatever player you're listening to. Every time we drop a new episode, which is now weekly. So if you're listening uh, midway through the uh, the journey here, uh, we've transitioned to try to get some some content out to you each week. So again, subscribe to Number 40 wherever you do your podcast. And do us one other favor. Keep showing up because we're going to keep showing up here. And uh, and this wouldn't be any fun without you all. So make sure you show up each week. Every time that episode's here, hit the download button. And, uh, and we'll be waiting for you. So until next time, we'll see you on the other side. This is Adam Milan, Lon, No More 40, the podcast.